I guess I didn't really have like a ton of expectations going in. Like really my goal was like, don't crash, have fun, try to learn some stuff. Um, I think people see like, you know, um, another pro trying something for the first time and hope my, my goal is to inspire other people and be like, Oh, well, I don't normally do this discipline, but like, maybe I will give it a shot. Like I don't have to be a pro in this discipline to, to try it. You know what I mean? From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, pro cyclist Ashton Lambie, referred to by Bicycling Magazine as the most interesting bike racer in America, Ashton is an incredibly accomplished and diverse athlete. Famous, of course, for his track cycling success and his recent sub-four-minute world record in the 4,000-meter individual pursuit, Ashton also has a history in gravel cycling, winning Unbound 100 in 2019. I was pretty fortunate to run into Ashton a couple weeks ago at the Sea Otter Classic in Northern California, where he and 60-ish other elite cyclists embarked on the first race of the Lifetime Grand Prix series, a series of six gravel and mountain bike races spreading throughout the uh, 2022 season. And while on this episode, Ashton and I talk a little bit about his past track cycling success, I was more interested in what he was currently doing with the Lifetime series and his motivation behind embarking on a full season of off-road racing. So speaking of Sea Otter, man, oh man, it's been a busy few weeks. Right off the heels of Barry Roubaix, I did another huge gravel race in um, Saranac, Michigan, huge as in distance, um, the Dirty 130. And then uh, immediately I, fe- I feel like I jumped on a plane and, and went to Sea Otter with KOM Cycling. It was uh, it- pretty fantastic to say the least. Uh if you haven't been there, like what an amazing area. The vibe was incredible. Um, Ashton and I kind of get into this on the episode, um, but I did have a chance to race and you'll have to listen on to get the whole story of my race, but I was a bit out of my comfort zone. I'll just, I'll just say that. Um, and I will continue down this path of out of my comfort zone. Um, this weekend I head to Tennessee for the Kohuta 100, it will be my first 100-mile mountain bike race. I have really no idea what to expect besides that there will be a lot of climbing. The course is super climby, and uh, it'll be a pretty long day. But I'm excited to get down there and put my new Santa Cruz blur through the paces and see what happens. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it more in the next episode. But for now, the man that quite possibly made mustaches famous in cycling, Mr. Ashton Lambie. 
How's it going? It's good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Oh, I just finished a Zwift race. I'm like almost with it. Fuck, man. <laughs> are you are you um are you doing the cuz they they don't have the Premier League this time around, right? I'm actually not good enough to race Premier League. <laughs> uh, I'm on a team. Okay. Um I'll be like totally honest, I also just like don't really uh have the motive like I race in community leagues, so it's like the A division. Right. You know, like sort of the the junior the I mean, it's like a bowling league kind of um but yeah, that that's I do the A1 league and we've got that this year but or this season, but it's also like uh since there is no Premier League, all the Premier League guys are racing community leagues, so it's kind of yeah. like Premier Light. Like dude, it's so much harder than last season. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, I, I usually, I think I was doing a two or a three um, last season, and that's yeah. kind of like right where I need to be. Um, I think they moved us up to a two, or like the team I was on, they they scrapped their a three just because they needed a bigger pool of a riders to pull from for each week. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I've experienced that a little bit too. I I haven't raced this season yet but i remember that from last year where they didn't have a premier league on one of the one of the seasons and it just was like insane it's so dude i mean i feel like a1 is about where i'm at um just like i i put out a lot of watts but i also weigh quite a bit and so like we did the the temple climb today in uh maruki island yep yep Yep. And, oh my it's god, like, dude! If, it's like gravel, just, right? It's the gravel one. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude! I, like everyone just walked away from me. I was just like, <laughs> oh, man. "Okay, cool." I'm, <laughs> I'm like 75, 80 kilos. Like I'm not going up this in five minutes, man. <laughs> man, I I hate that that climb is is ridiculous. It's funny. My brother races with me, but for this season, he's racing on a different team because of his schedule and he's racing at like five 30 in the morning. Um, which oh. means like, you know, you gotta, you have to yeah. be on the bike by 5 AM and yeah, it's That's a, so it, it's like a learning curve for him. I'm, I'm sure. But he mentioned the same thing. I think he made it to the, the base of that climb. And then it was just like, see you, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Bye. This is fun. Well, and it's like, you really, I mean, I feel like our team actually does a really good job. We've got some really good, like, logistics guys that you know um or like that ds races for us yeah that normally do a good job like just because we've got so much experience on our team that they're like okay this is you know here's this sprint we've got fts it's about this long if you have this power up you should go for it like dude the guys are just super organized which makes it really fun and then i feel like you know if you're someone who doesn't race a ton you learn a lot just from being in those races yeah, I can't get over how um, detailed those races can get. Um, and it's I used huge. To, it's massive. I used to just go into it and just like, you know, I'll try to uh, hold on as long as I can. But um, when you get into a good team that is, yeah, super experienced, you realize there's so much more um, tactics and things to, to worry about. And it makes it more fun for sure, I think. It's it's fun when you can be a part of like a team and a cohesive plan too. Like I really like that. Where it's like, oh, okay, your job is to do this or help this person out this way. 
and like i i do really well with that where it's like okay you're a part of this bigger goal and this is your your tiny role and i'm like great cool thank you i can do that like instead of like here's the entire race do what you can to try and win it and i'm like oh well that could be a whole bunch of different things you know yeah definitely and and, and then you get into like the the weeds of like like you said, like you're a, a bigger rider, you're not a climber. So it's like, okay, let's make sure the climber gets to the base of the, the climb, you know, and doesn't have to do a lot of work before that. Or if you're a sprinter, like let's get these uh, intermediate sprints and get those points. Yeah. It's right. It's get those FTS points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Actually, I've been feeling pretty unmotivated about Zwift and I think it's just because, um, cause the weather's getting nicer and Mm. And I, I've been riding outside a little bit and I've just been not wanting to, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Zwift advocates there is, but lately I've just been like, I don't know if I want to get on the bike and do that. But now like I'm, I'm kind of getting pumped just talking about it. I like, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, I know a lot of people talk shit on Houston for not having great riding. I think Houston has awesome riding, but I love like, dude, Zwift is such a good way to break it up. You know, like, and just to really get like some good kind of unstructured intensity in, um, man, it's, I, I love it. I, I'll, I race pretty much year round. That's, that's so cool. Are you, do you live in Houston now? Is that your, your home base? Uh-huh. Yeah. So my partner got a job at NASA, so we moved down here. That's, you don't have to make up stories. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's cool. That's that's really cool. That's that's amazing. Um, are are you cool just starting? I mean, I just like to kind of start off. Do you mind if I like keep all this Zwift talk in the in the conversation and no, everything? No, you can keep it in. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Um, listen, I, I I kind of I want to go in on this saying that you're probably going to get a lot of questions from me that you've talked about or have been asked before. So if you don't that's mind, totally talk, fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's like the same. The same questions get uh, asked uh, a lot because um, when you look at when people from the outside look at you as a rider, as a cyclist, um, I think there's some interesting things happening. And 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 like one is Zwift. I mean, and it's it's kind of like you're a very diverse rider. So you, we're talking about Zwift and uh, your tracks, yeah. your track cycling background, and now this whole. Um, I know that you you've had a lot of gravel experience in the past, but now you're really diving into it. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's super fascinating. Um, there's a there's a lot of people that do different types of riding, but I think you in particular, I, I see really kind of kind of diversifying mostly. And um, but anyways, yeah, like I'm I'm stoked to talk to you. It's cool to run into you at, at Sea Otter. Um, have you ever? Have you ever been to Sea Otter before? No. Uh, so Sea Otter was like, I. so I used to work at a shop, uh, Sunflower Outdoor and Bike, which is this kind of gravel famous shop in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and I was always bummed that I never got to go to Interbike when that was around. Oh, right, right. Um, and yeah, so I never, I never got to go to any trade shows or anything like Sea Otter or Outer Bike or uh, Winter Bike you know, like stuff like that. So this is my first time going to Sea Otter, but also first time going to any trade show ever. So I was super, super excited. It was kind of, uh, I'm going to say a little overwhelming. I mean, I was, I was expecting it to be big and, and like, you know, whatever, but, uh, I couldn't believe, um, 
the amount of people, but like some of the build outs that those like specialized would have or like Canyon or, you know, whoever they would have. Like, yeah, dude, I was huge. at the SRAM tent for most of it. And it was just like, they're like, oh yeah, we have a hundred staff here. And the whole, I mean, they had like a little mini building. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, it was, it was insane. Um, and also I felt a little out of place, uh, not being, a mountain biker because it seemed like kind of a mountain biker's paradise a little bit <laughs> i think you're right i kind of got that sense too um where it was like oh you know there's like all these enduro guys riding around with like full face helmets and goggles yep. and i was like yep. i don't do that <laughs> i've got ankle socks here guy <laughs> like yeah but it was i mean i didn't i didn't feel like uh um not a part of things it just was like yeah i was like whoa this is a this is a different world but at the same time I couldn't believe, like, there was dudes riding around on on uh, like road bikes with with rim brakes. Still, I was like, apparently the rim brake isn't dead in California. <laughs> yeah, guess, there's a little bit of everything there. Yeah, I, I was thinking like probably the weather. Like, if you don't have a ton of rain, you can still get away with rim brakes, or I don't know. But maybe the road scene mm-hmm. is different in California than it is in Michigan where we are. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty. It was pretty cool. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and uh, yeah, so you raced. I, I actually raced on Sunday um, the same course. Did you do that the gravel race? I did the gravel race and um, kind of a funny story with that. But yeah, like what did you think of that course? I mean, you did the – so you – it was the beginning of the Lifetime Grand Prix. And um, so that's you're, – you're a part of that. So you and a lot of others – um 60-ish riders i think between the men and the women yeah um yep 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 yep. this was the beginning of the series and it started with a 80k 50-ish mile mountain bike cross-country race Um, yeah how many cross-country races have you done in the past ashton uh this was my first one (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no that was my first ever mountain bike race period yeah. How'd you, how'd you enjoy it? Did you, did you like it? I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess I didn't really have like a ton of expectations going in. Like really my goal was like, don't crash, have fun, try to learn some stuff. Um, I mean, like I got to go pre-ride the course with Peter Setna and Ted King and a few other guys the day before, um, that we just kind of met up with randomly on the course. Um, <laughs> I remember I like came skidding into a corner like way too hot and you know Pete was like 20 meters up the road and I was like oh god that was embarrassing and and someone came up behind me and they were like yeah boy that'd be really embarrassing I hope no one saw that and I turned around and it's Ted King and I was just like <laughs> oh cool this is awesome <laughs> like um yeah and then like we caught up uh you know and just kind of rode and so that was fun to see and hang out with those guys again and learn you know some mountain biking from them and then get to do some like the actual race pace um but man it was it was great like it was such a good learning experience um got to meet a lot of cool people got to see a lot of stuff and yeah i mean it was it was fun like i think the um i think people see like you know um, another pro trying something for the first time and hope my my goal is to inspire other people and be like oh well i don't normally do this discipline but like maybe I will give it a shot. Like I don't have to be a pro in this discipline to, to try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so 
it was fun, man. I, I loved it. I, like the crowd was really supportive. The rest of the riders were really supportive. The course was great. The event was great. Like, yeah, it was super fun. I think that's the, um, kind of like the cool thing about this lifetime grand prix is that you have, um, someone like a Keegan Swenson who is very mountain bike centric, um, and you have mountain bike courses, but then you also have gravel courses. And so you have a, a wide range of, of, uh, focuses, I guess, between the riders and, and then you'll, yeah. So you have some riders like yourself trying something new, trying something fresh, something that they're not quite used to, but then you go into unbound or, um, I don't know what's what uh big sugar or something. And maybe that your strengths, right. you'll, your, your strengths will be better suited there. And then someone that's used to doing, I don't know, um, shorter cross country courses. Um, they, they may not. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's a huge variety of skills that you need to like excel at the whole series. Um, yeah, it's going to be like, I think someone who does well, not just, at the beginning of the series, but at like Leadville and Crusher might, you know, like a, a big long climbing race like that might not be the person who wins unbound. And yeah, it is a very diverse set of races. Absolutely. Yeah. You have, um, you have some experience at unbound, right? Didn't you win the hundred? I did. I won the hundred a few years ago, kind of when I was still training, uh, primarily for track and then, okay a few years before that i got like six in the 200 okay um yes yeah, so, man that was a, that was a long time ago so, so yeah but you're no newbie to like the gravel thing and um i do want to talk about that I, before we get away from from sea otter though um you kind of yeah. you're, you're riding a pretty cool hardtail um was this it was kind of a unique bike was it not or was it a like a prototype kind of thing it is. Um, I'm working with Jason Gallagher at Affinity Cycles. So they normally make track bikes, but um, I've, they made a stainless steel road bike that I've been on for the last couple of years called the Anthem. Um, and so, you know, this year came around and I needed a mountain bike. And so I talked to him and he made me and my partner, Christina, um, a pair of titanium hardtails. So oh, no I've got a call with him tomorrow and we're going to post some more details. Well, I guess this podcast will probably be out after I do the post about it, but we'll post some more details about that bike in the next day or two. That's very it's pretty sick, dude. It's super fun. That's very cool. Like what a, what a neat um, kind of amalgamation between um, what your, your loves and your, you know, you, you doing different types of riding and then, you know, this guy mainly, what was his name again? Jason. Jason, like mainly um, uh, building track bikes and now <laughs> building you a mountain bike. I love that. I think that's such a cool story. Yeah. Um, I actually rode, he makes some really, really nice track chain rings that I actually rode at world championships. Um, so they do like, I would say he does track stuff, but it's kind of more like fixie track stuff. Okay. okay. Um, but then he's kind of branching into like, you know, the, the more like UCI elite level track stuff too, which is cool. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, it's fun. He's just super passionate about the sport, so he's awesome to work with. Um, just on on the on the bike um, theme here, and before we get away from from Sea Otter, I think like I ran into you before the gravel race on Sunday, and I had brought a gravel bike to Sea Otter, thinking I was going to do this gravel race, 
And gravel should have been in quotation marks because it was the exact same course that you rode on Saturday. Like there was no difference. The only difference was yep. that they wanted, I, I, I didn't see any sort of note that said you had to ride a gravel bike. They just said, this is the gravel race. It's one loop instead of two loops. That's what I signed up for. I didn't really realize that, but when I went out on Friday, I think it was on my gravel bike, I was like, Whoa, I brought the incorrect bike to this, <laughs> this town. Dude. Well, it's funny that you say that because so like, I didn't know this, but the mountain bike race, uh, I mean, I feel like it spread out super quickly where I was, you know, kind of, I'd run into a couple people, you know, every 10 minutes after about the first 30 or 40 minutes of the race. Um, but I actually rode with a dude on a mountain or on a gravel bike for a while. And it was like, you know, I, I might pass him on a downhill section and then he'd pass me on the uphill section uh -huh. or a flat. Um, but yeah, I was, he was like, oh, I'm just doing a couple of loops to get ready for the gravel race tomorrow. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, that, but I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing, like seeing him on that. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I could, uh, make it like on a gravel bike. That's, that's nuts, dude. Um, so my story was though, after on Saturday, I think it was after, um, after the race, after, after all of you raced, um, I saw my friend. Yeah my friend Paige Peters and she's doing the, the Grand Prix as well. Um, and so I was talking to her, she's from Michigan and, and I, I mentioned something about the gravel race and doing that course. And she was like, Trevor, you cannot ride a gravel bike on that tomorrow. That's ridiculous. And, uh, and I was like, no, I mean, you could, it's probably it, just not the best option. Correct. Yeah. It, it could have worked. Yeah. It, it could have happened, but she said, um, why don't you take my bike and ride it tomorrow? And it was a full suspension cube, super lightweight cross country. Ooh, and I was like, yeah. no, 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 that's ridiculous. I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to take your bike and break it or whatever, but, uh, she insisted. And so I, I ended up riding. So I ended up riding the gravel race that was on a mountain bike course, but on a mountain bike, not a gravel bike, if that makes sense. <laughs> and what did you think? So you, you did a lap of the course on a gravel bike and a mountain bike too, full sus. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that the, I feel like I was cheating riding a mountain bike when I was around oh. a bunch of people on drop bars. It was, it, I don't know. <laughs> to me, I thought it was so much faster. Um, I even thought like it, maybe because that bike was, was lightweight or, or something that I didn't, I didn't think any of the climbing would have been that much faster on a, on a gravel bike. Um, it was easy to stay up to like pace when it, when it was flat enough, you know, I could, I could stay like over 20 miles an hour. Not, not too bad. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely think that, uh, I had the upper hand there on a mountain bike. Um, but yeah, but now like now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, man, now I feel like a wimp. <laughs> like I should have just did it, but I whatever. Don't know. I, don't I don't think so. I, I I'm know. sure there were people on hardtails that said the same thing about people on full suspensions, you know. Oh, oh yeah. In absolutely. the mountain bike race. So. Uh, absolutely. Um yeah. but I will say though, I had I know I had a better time. Like I was having a blast. It, it, That's the point, man. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I just thought, you know, the bike thing, yeah, it's such an interesting, I mean, I feel like there, there was a guy that rode in your race on like a, 
had a front suspension but drop bars. I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure someone raced it on drop bars, but maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But um, I saw someone next to me at the start on road pedals. I thought that was a bold move. Wow. As someone who rides road pedals on gravel all the time, like road pedals in a mountain bike race, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, probably not going to hike a bike for any of this, you know, but I guess that makes sense. Did they put you through that like sand right away, like right off the track? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was- I lost probably like 30 or 40 spots. I mean, I, that <laughs> again, first mountain bike race, first time ever doing a mountain bike race start. And I was just like very much not ready for it that's i was like what is it was it was a weird start but whatever yeah it was a good time um so yeah so you are like really focusing on this uh lifetime series and kind of more of a more of a schedule of gravel and now mountain bike um you know it was it was funny i was i wanted to ask you about like goals because obviously you're a, a person of goals and you set a goal last year to break um, was it the 4K individual pursuit, four minutes? Yes, sir. And uh, and you did. You're the only only person in the world to do that. Um, yeah. So like obviously like you have goals. You 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 work hard to get to those goals. And but and then with this lifetime deal, um, or just even like a like a kind of a gravel calendar. Like what kind of goals are you are you setting for the year? I mean, one thing you you mentioned which I love, like off the bat, is like inspiring people to kind of get out of their comfort zone so just ride different different races or different pros can ride different races it doesn't matter but like is that yeah. kind of is that kind of like your goal just to just to inspire stoke with other with for cyclists or, or what other kind of like do you have any performance goals not not as much um yeah not not really to be honest i mean um you know of course i want to go out there and race hard and do the best i can but it's dependent on so many things that are out of my control, which is quite different from track. It's like track is like the most, like you have control over pretty much every variable of an event. Um, and especially like going and doing the four minute thing. It's like you have control over the day you do it, what time of day you do it, your tire pressure, the conditions to some extent, you know, like um, every, every part of it you have control over. Um, and so, I mean, there are a lot of things that, you know, when I did uh, the Unbound 200, it's like I trained all year for it. Uh, and then it rains the night before and I break my derailleur hanger like five miles in. And it's like, okay, well, obviously my goal was to win that race, but there's a lot of things out of my control that like, you know, sometimes mix up with that. Um, and so I guess, yeah, for me, it's really like supporting the Grand Prix, trying to be a part of that. Um, you know, and giving back and being a part of the gravel community that's been really supportive, even though I wasn't, it wasn't my big priority for the last few years. Like that's the community I grew up in is racing gravel. And it's something I feel really passionate about. And so supporting, um, a movement that I'm a big fan of, of like seeing gravel, keeping to grow towards like having more pros involved in it and still keeping that grassroots feel is like something something I feel really passionate about, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely does. Um, yeah, do you see, like, I mean, you were talking about some differences, like control and um, just there's a, there's a lot of differences that um, one can, it just, just like on paper, track riding looks very different than almost everything else. <laughs> and Oh, my uh, God, yeah. 
but like what what kind of comparisons do you make and what kind of like things do you see um like would you say that you are better prepared for some things because you ride track or because you're um experienced in that side do you see that helping uh your riding in other aspects even Zwift, I mean, I can see that those that comparison is is pretty easy to see how those two things can help each other. But how is how is the track riding like helping everything else that you're doing? Oh, I mean, I think having a sense of like what training for a big goal looks like. Um, I think having having done that for a few years on the track kind of gives you a sense of that. Um, of like, oh, okay, here's a big goal I have. You know, maybe it's not going to happen this year, but teaches you to be a little bit more patient um, and like break stuff, break big goals down into smaller steps. Um, but I think regardless of what discipline you come at or regardless of what discipline you, you come from, if you go to a different one, like just having some years of being at the top of the sport, like makes you view any discipline or just cycling in general a little bit differently. Do you think that there's there's a you know you're talking about like the gravel community um what about like the, like track racing community is that something that um that is you know you see these like l- these small little pockets of it around the country and if there's like a velodrome yeah. if there's a velodrome then it's a, a big it's big but if there isn't then it's hard for people to be involved in that um What's your take on, like, do, do you think that that is something still vibrant in America or do you wish that it was more vibrant being, being a part of it? Um, I think, I think maybe just from my experience, but I feel like the, the UCI world cup or nation's cup circuit, that's like a pretty tight knit community. Um, where I feel, you know, like they're, there are the, the people that you see, you know, there's six races in the year. And so you go to these six races or you go to three of them and you see the same people like every, you know, every few months for a couple of years, like that's, that's a pretty tight knit community. And I think, I think there could be more of that in the U S um, I think it's hard cause there just isn't that development there. Like there, there aren't a lot of local tracks um, and it is a little bit more of a niche thing, unfortunately. Sure. sure. Um, yeah, I don't, and and it's tricky because like I don't know necessarily why that is. Like there just aren't as many races because there aren't as many tracks, um, because there's not that much interest in it, and so it is a little bit more specialized equipment and like specialized venues than like a road race or something, whereas you can just put up a road race because you live somewhere that has roads. Um, but yeah. I think a yeah. lot of the local tracks do have like a pretty good tight knit community, which is, which is awesome. For sure. Like I, you know, cycling already has a pretty big barrier to entry. I mean, you need a, you For need sure. a bike, you need, you need time, you need fitness, you need whatever. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just like super curious about it. Cause I don't know a ton about like about the track community what i've seen um like here in michigan the the lexus velodrome is is i i feel like they're doing a lot um they're bringing people in i've i've never ridden on it some of my friends have but i've been there just to witness some of the racing and it's a blast it's an absolute blast just to be a, a spectator 
Um, yeah. And that's, and that's like great example. Like you're, you're a cyclist, like what's, what stopped you from racing on the Lexus Velodrome? You know, like they presumably have rental bikes there and stuff, right? Oh, they, they make, they make it very easy. Um, and, uh, and it's super accessible. Um, I think I'm, it, it might be fear to be honest. <laughs> reasonable. That's I mean, totally reasonable. Yeah. Um, you go and you look at a track and it's like a wall, dude. Yeah. 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 I get it. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not really, I haven't really rode fixie much. So there's a lot of, a lot of variables talking about like unknown and control. Like I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to get bucked off this thing and, and hurt myself. But it is something that I want to do and experience for sure. Um, but what I do see though is, uh, and I, I'm not sure if this is the way it is in, in most velodromes, but because they're usually around a, a bigger city that I, mm-hmm. I, I know that the Lexus velodrome does a good job of, um, really like reaching out to the youth in the area and, and making sure that that barrier of entry for them to come uh, experience the riding in the velodrome is really low. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they uh, give them time and, and, and bikes and things to, to come in and, and, and ride. So I think that is a super cool aspect of, of the velodrome because a kid that maybe grows up in the, in the middle of Detroit, it might be harder for them to ride outside um, and get any good road riding outside in the middle of Detroit. But oh my god, absolutely! Like it's. Going I to, think that's something. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. But going to the velodrome. I mean, speaking of like safety and and all that. I mean, that's something that they can do a lot easier. So yeah, I, that's something yeah. I see um, happening just from the outside, and I, I think it's a super cool aspect of the of the track thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would think too. If I was a parent and, you know, it's like, do you want your kid to go ride around, uh, you know, a city with cars and unknown streets in the weather, or do you want to just drop them like, okay, here's a closed track that you can go ride around however fast you want. Like someone's watching you. You're within eyesight of all times. Like, dude, that seems like a pretty, pretty easy setup. Yeah. No kidding. Um, are you, do you have, um, you know, talking about goals, do you have future goals on the track? Are you kind of putting that aside for now? Or is there like another season coming up that you're going to jump back on to focus on that when that comes around? Um, I mean, I'm pretty much putting it on pause for now. Uh, I don't really have any active plans, but uh, we'll see what happens. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm having fun with what I'm doing now, and that's my main goal. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. That's yeah, that's great. I mean, I kind of did everything I wanted to do <laughs> that. I mean, and few people can say that. So I think that's, that's a pretty yeah. incredible. Do you feel like, you know, do you get these questions and do you feel like people are kind of pigeonholing you into one, um, one type of cycling? And so this is why you've wanted to branch out or you just want to branch out because you yourself are, are you know, want to experience other things. I mean, I think I've been lucky to get to do the kind of cycling that I have a lot of fun with um, and do things that I'm passionate about and what I'm excited about. And I think that that comes across. I mean, I hope my goal is that that comes across and like I want to encourage other people to do what they're having fun with. And sometimes it works out that like you're also really good at that. Um, And even if it doesn't, that's okay. Like you're still having fun with it. And that's the point of 
riding bikes. Like if it's, if it's not fun um, and you're not enjoying it, like, I don't know, try something else. Maybe it's just not for you. Not to say that like every day is going to be a blast. Like, you know, there is something to be said about the, like, you know, suffering through a hard training session, but like that's, you know, type two fun. It's fun when you're done. Yeah. Um, how many times have you heard the joke? Um, Oh, are you not used to turning right? Does that, do people say that a lot to you? <laughs> not as much as the one where people are like, Oh, you'd go so much faster if you shave your mustache. Uh, <laughs> speaking of mustache, I was going to ask, I was going to ask you at the beginning of this whole thing, but, um, have you read, this is a terrible question, but have you, oh, boy. Read, wow. have, have you read your Wikipedia? <laughs> Uh, I mean, not in a while. What to say? It's not, I mean, it's not crazy, but one, it's like, I feel like whoever wrote it, um, they must have gotten charged per word because it's very short, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but, That's fair. But it says, uh, Ashton Lambie is an American track cyclist known for being the first person to complete an individual pursuit in under four minutes and for his mustache period. <laughs> Great. Perfect. I mean, the mustache does have a name and has its own meme page. Yes. That I, I, I actually, I don't run it. I don't know who runs that page, but they do a great job. It's funny. <laughs> Cracks me up. Wait, what is the, what is the name? I think, I think I follow the Instagram. The mustache's name is Gerald. Uh, it was actually in my contract with Gooder, uh, the sunglass brand I work with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we had a contest um, and named it, and they have exclusive rights to name my mustache. The <laughs> I <laughs> it was kind of I mean it was kind of a joke, but it kind of stuck with it. I, I think it's hilarious. No, it's very funny. Um, kind of as an aside, uh, my wife and I have this uh, joke, running joke about uh, we were at Mid South, and it was like every everybody there was a white dude with a mustache and so our joke was it's like definitely gotten more popular yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think i mean you've had that mu you've been rocking the mustache for for a while now right a decade dude okay okay so yeah you can you have room to talk but uh but yeah like so we we're like i don't know uh, what did he look like i don't know he's a white guy with a mustache like <laughs> it just yeah um, not it's not a good descriptor nope <laughs> But um, no, your mustache is is pretty fantastic. And honestly, like in the Lifetime Grand Prix now, you're just one of uh, several, I feel like. Um, I, I, I feel like it's going to be like a, a race of the mustaches. Mustat, must I? Mustat? I don't know what the plural of mustaches. We'll just say mustaches. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so you finished, uh, finished the Sea Otter. Um, ADK Fuego. Is that what it was? Something like that. Um, yeah, the Fuego. Now looking at the rest of the season, do you, what, which race are you most looking forward to and which are you most, um, hesitant about? Ooh, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty excited about Unbound and Big Sugar. Okay. Um, yeah, I think like I just I love Unbound. Like I think it's one of my favorite places to ride. Um, like it's I I love Emporia. 
Um, I love all the people. I'm super excited for it. Um, yeah, that's such a, it's just such a fun race. And it's one like I've, I've always really enjoyed. I am excited for big sugar. Um, me and Christina took a, a, we did a training camp in Bentonville, like during her spring break Okay, and had a blast. And so I was like, I'm really excited to go back to Bentonville. Um, I think I love the 100-mile gravel race distance. I think that's, like, a bit more of a raceable distance where I think, like, 200 miles is really kind of a race of attrition and, like, hoping nothing goes wrong. Um, To some extent. I mean, you still have to race it, but, like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong over a long period of time that make it so that, like, you're just out of the running. so those are the two I'm really excited about. I feel like the other, the, the one I'm probably not excited about would be Leadville. Um, <laughs> just cause like, shit, man, it's a lot of climbing and yeah. I am not a climber. <laughs> and it's like, uh, um, at elevation too, which it's, it yeah, it's definitely another. at elevation and Houston is basically a swamp. So we're at like. <laughs> negative elevation i think i i'm not i mean i'm sure it was a glitch on my garmin but i think uh my low elevation for a a ride i did yesterday was like negative 45 feet i was like oh yeah that checks out (laughs) yeah that actually your two your answers to that were pretty much what i expected um although i wasn't sure if uh what you're looking forward to and what you're what you were hesitant about or maybe like not worried i I don't think that's the right word but i thought maybe maybe be the same thing you know like coming into it with a little bit of like oh man this is this is gonna be rough but also looking forward to it as well Mm -hmm. Um, you know what an oddball in that whole thing is schwamigan um i feel like that's kind of it's gonna be like a fast rip you know i don't don't know very much about it i'm kind of thinking it's going to be similar to sea otter i think so there's a lot of um similarities between schwamigan and iceman which is held in michigan and it's uh it's not like super technical it's but it's uh yeah it's usually pretty fast so it's just interesting that that you know that'll be in there i know like cole Patton has won it in the past alexi's won it in the past um so there's people that you know know what they're doing for sure (laughs) Um, well, it's funny because people have told me like that sea otter wasn't very technical. They're like, oh yeah, it's a pretty, like, it's not a very technical course. And I was like, if that's not very technical, <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to know what technical is. Like, I, that's I, good. That's a good level of difficulty for me. I thought the same thing. And like the second half of the loop, um, it got rocky. There were some good, like mm-hmm. rocky, chunky sections, which I was super glad to have the, the full suspension, but yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Hey, talk about real quick. Um, you're riding that Lauf, right? They just released that for your gravel um, races. Yeah, the new Sekla. Yeah, tell us about it a little the, bit. Um, so I mean, it's basically a, uh, I would say like a, a monster cross like gravel bike. Okay. Um, so it is. There's a lot of tiny considerations where like you don't see a ton of drop bar 29ers that that don't have some level of compromise right where it's like oh okay well yeah we put a regular road shell or road bottom bracket shell on it 
but it's got crazy long chain stays or yeah. like, oh, well, this is, you know, a normal mountain bike shell or road shell, but, uh, you know, the, the reach is really long or like we, we had to do a really tall head tube or something or it's suspension corrected. Um, and so I think this kind of hits like that, that really good sweet spot where it's like, yes, this is like a fast gravel bike geometry. Um, and it has a standard 73 millimeter bottom bracket shell. Um, it has standard spacing, you know, it's not boost spacing or anything weird like that. And you can clear up to a 57 mil or a 2.25 tire. Like wow. it is just a super capable bike. And it has like the geometry is exactly the same as the true grit. It's like three millimeters taller stack, like hardly any changes. The seat stay length is the same, um, or not seat stay, sorry, the chain stay. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, yeah, who who else is doing like a nice responsive bike that doesn't feel like a touring bike that's a, a gravel 29er, you know? Like, um, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think there's a lot of small like considerations that have been made that might, like a lot of people might just be like, oh yeah, it's a true grit with wider clearance which essentially it is, but the fact that it is that without also changing a bunch of other things is like pretty mind blowing to me. And it also adds extra compliance in the back. So it's like four mils more than a truck checkpoint, um, okay. Okay. which is kind of what they were looking at their benchmark for. So by doing the, the dropped seat stays, it gives it a little bit more compliance in the back without having any moving parts, any bushings, anything to break, which is like the whole idea behind laugh. It's like, let's get the, the ride quality that we want with like the simplest solution possible. Cause like if you have fewer parts to break, you have fewer things to maintain, fewer things to replace, fewer things to break. Um, just like the simplest solution is usually the best one. Um, so are you going to ride that for unbound and, Big sugar, you're mm -hmm. gonna ride the true grit. Okay. So you are gonna ride it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but then what it does give you is like a huge range of uh choices then. Cause you could go big with the tires, or you could probably 100%. go like a forty or a forty three or whatever. I don't I don't know what the what everyone's saying uh unbound should be. maybe mid forties, is that what people are riding now? Like forty three? Didn't didn't Boswell win it on a forty three? last year that I, I, sounds about right um yeah i've been working with victoria on some new tires around that width so hopefully those will be available around then nice um yeah i feel like i i need to do some testing on that um but there's yeah a, i mean it just opens up a lot of different tire options you know for sure for sure cool and they just they just released that right i mean wasn't that like around a seattle release or like right after that it was the day after C they weren't at sea otter. So it was the day after, um, okay. I, I actually, today I'm going to go out for my first ride on it. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. I had to get some new end caps for the zips cause they're old. The true grit used 15 by a hundred mil end caps. And this one, which was standard, like most wheel manufacturers make that as an option. Um, it's probably not the default option for gravel bikes. And so the new Secla is 12 by a hundred. So, a sure. little bit more standard. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's 
that's all I wanted to pick your brain about. Although you probably have a lot of, I see that you're like a busy guy. Like I feel like you're, you have a gravel conversation later tonight, right? With the jukebox crew. Next week. Next I week. think, okay. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. One week from today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. You made me panic too. <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't intentional, but um, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I just, yeah, I loved running into you and being able to, to chat with you over it and sea otter. And you've definitely been someone that I've been following along in the last few years. And, uh, and now I think it's just super fun that, that you're doing this lifetime thing. So thanks for chatting and like best of luck for the rest yeah, of the dude. season. Thanks for having me on the pod for sure. Yeah, Thanks. Really appreciate it. The dirty chain podcast is a Michigan mid pack media production in partnership with KOM cycling. The source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. And a huge thank you to Ashton for joining us on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always... Keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack. <laughs>